0: What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode number 34 of the Anthony John Amick's podcast. And today I'm bringing on my good friend Cheryl Andrea, who's one of the most well-known psychics in Dallas. And we'll be talking about how to develop your intuition. Now, if you do not believe in psychics, or maybe think it's weird or fake or stupid, I'm here to tell you that I used to believe that as well. And I openly talk about this with Cheryl today and how since then I've had this massive breakthrough around this starting back in 2009. Now, this episode is packed full of practical, real-world, applicable steps to develop and deepen your intuition so you create better results with more ease and flow. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amex Podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, well, welcome back. To think back to 11 years ago and believe back then that I'd have this podcast where I'd have one of the nation's top psychics on, it's totally insane to me. I mean, back then, if you would have told me that, I would have, this like would have been happened. I've been like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. Now, thankfully, back in 2009, some of my good friends invited me to go to the Dallas Psychic Fair with them and I had an experience there with today's guests where I was like, how did she know this about me? And uh, it was that experience that started like to really open my mind up to a new world of possibilities because I just couldn't deny what I experienced. And since then, Cheryl's become such a wonderful friend to me. And if it wasn't for her, I really don't believe I'd be where I am today. Cheryl's the owner and producer of the Dallas Psychic Fair. Each month, she has thousands and thousands of people attend her event, and she has for over a decade. She's been self-employed for more than 22 years as a clairvoyant medium and holistic practitioner. She's all about teaching others about the mind, body, and spirit connection, and she simply loves supporting others in self-empowerment and intuitive development. Now, outside of her work, she has two sons, and is just an amazing human being. And before I bring her onto the podcast today, I wanna to let you know about Shift 101. It's a free online community designed to help those who know they're responsible for their lives and results, and it's designed to help them really destroy mental blocks and- embody their greatest potential, and really unlock lasting riches in their lives and business. Now, you can request to join by going to AJ Amex. That's AJ Amex, A-M-Y-X dot com slash community. And it's full of some wonderfully free training that's specifically designed to help take your success to the next level. Again, to join, simply go to AJ Amex dot com slash community. It's 100% free. So with that being said, let's bring Cheryl on. Cheryl, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, AJ. It's a pleasure to be with you today.
0: Do you know we have known each other now for 12 years?
1: Is it 12? I thought it was around 10. <laughs> <laughs> I would have guessed 10 because I knew it was
0: I'm Sorry, 11. It's been 11.
1: 11, yeah. I knew it was somewhere around 2010 because that's when we went to New York the first time.
0: Right, because we we actually met the first time we met was in 2009 at your fair um, my friends had brought me there. I was totally skeptical. I'm like psychics. I don't know. Cause you know, me growing up in church of Christ, like, you know, you know, that was just weird. And you, you had a profound impact on me that day. I was wearing, um, an orange leather blazer and you just came up to me and you said some, I don't remember what you said. It was something like, I don't know. You just kind of downloaded something. I don't remember it was something, but it was relevant, whatever it was. And I was like, how the fuck do you know that about me? How'd that happen? And it was the, it's was it been multiple experiences like that, but you were a big catalyst um, because it's almost like when they talk about in scripture, like when Jesus apparently rose from the dead and the apostles were being like, I saw him. And people were like, you're crazy. He's like, look, 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 look. I, I can't deny what I saw with my eyes and heard with my ears. So you may think I'm crazy, but I had an experience that you can't fuck with, you know? And yeah. you were kind of, for me, a, a big catalyst in a lot of the the new age some would call it woo-woo spiritual world, and um, I'm forever grateful for that.
1: Oh, AJ, thank you. You know, we all have it, and it's really important when we open to it, and that's what I just heard you say. is, It was a moment of opening to something you already on some organic level understood, and it resonated, and I profoundly impacted The light switch coming on is what I just heard you say. Yep. So, so, oh, it's such an honor to be included in someone's journey to begin with. (laughs) Um, Thanks for being receptive to it because now we've had 11 delicious years of playful fun together and what an honor to be here and have this conversation with you. So thank you.
0: Yeah. And not only have we done spiritual shit, I mean, we have gone to Brendan Burchard's event, his 10X Empire event, 2012, I believe that was. Uh We went to Steve Harrison's uh, yes. event, the National Publicity, National
1: Publicity Summit. Summit. Yes, yes. Yeah. That was fun. It that was, was a lot fun of fun. Trip. In fact, both of them were really good. And staying in Times Square, that was my first experience in New York. And I remember feeling that awe of it and just being on a high and what I loved about it, AJ, because we were really new in our friendship, yep. but to go and travel like that was so easy together. And your explorative or, or curiosity, the spirit that you bring to travel was so much fun because we were a lot alike. do you remember? I had blisters on my feet.
0: Uh, I do remember. Because that. we
1: walked like how many, how I, many, mean like 20, a
0: 20, yeah, something so we like crazy.
1: It was, <laughs> For a hundred blocks, or you can downplaying it, you guys. Uh,
0: it I was, remember we, we walked so far and it was getting late, and there was a there, we got to a place, and you're like, Let's, and I was like, I'm feeling it shift a little bit. I think we should turn back. Like, I don't think we're entering into safe zones anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were just going and going and going, and then we stopped for pizza. Yeah. And I remember sitting there in that cute little courtyard and thinking, wow, this is such a quaint place. It was like in little Italy. We had yeah. found our way down there and we didn't know where we were going. It was just a magical trip for those reasons, even more than the purpose that we were there for the sure. experience of New York and having someone there to travel. That was just as curious, riding, you know, the subway. I wouldn't have ridden the subway by myself. I knew I was safe with uh, you. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> yeah,
1: awesome. It was a great time. And we've, we've had a lot of really good experiences. So yeah, it's, it's a pleasure uh, to play and explore life. Um, And you're one of those magical people. So Mm, I appreciate that. Yeah. So
0: today we're going to talk about like how to develop um, intuition, like people's intuition. Mm -hmm. It's something that's been new to me a bit, like me really owning it. And so I want to talk about, we'll get into that. But before we do that, I want to like dive into your journey a bit because I mean, you're not strange. You're not weird. Like you're a human. So how did you even start becoming aware of your intuitive Mm -hmm. gifts and like really strengthening them? Yeah.
1: That's a great question and i it's when I am asked frequently because of moments like you expressed earlier where you were surprised or taken off guard. When I have that kind of an experience with someone, they are like all of a sudden like, wow, wait, how did you do that? And when did you discover you could do this? And wait, I wanna do that. You see, what's happening is they're, they're resonating with, hey, wait, I can do that, but they don't yet know that. Sure. So the first time that I recognized it, I was probably three. And it was a memory that I have now as an adult that I look back on. Now, when I was three, I didn't know that was happening. But when when I look back, I know it happened. And at three, I remember looking around the room and realizing that I was different than the other people in the room, like
0: -hmm. that I
1: saw things they didn't see. And then having imaginative friends, as we like to call them, they weren't imaginative to me. They were just, they were as real as you are to me and so my parents thankfully didn't tell me those things didn't exist and because of that i was able to hold on to this connection that i had so then i i lived you know may, maybe some of my teen years and early 20s forgetting or not really recognizing what intuition was like following your gut you might use your head instead so as a teenager i started making decisions more from my head Then as a young child where I was following my gut and it was just easy, right? So in our teen years, we start wanting approval by others. We start identifying with storylines and things. We start telling what our world is about. We start looking at what our life might be like in the next 10 years, what we're going to go study. We start putting form to things using our head instead of the feelings that we have. And this is where I lost my way temporarily Mm. buying into the idea of what I was supposed to go out there and do or be, or what it was supposed to look like or all of that storyline. And so until about my mid twenties, I would say I've really sort of spent about 10 years from about 15 to 25 ish where I sort of just experienced being human and forgetting and buying into the illusion. And so my intuition wasn't what was leading me. And the reason this is important to your answer here that I'm giving you is because when I forgot, I had to experience things that were painful. And those experiences helped put me back in touch with my intuition.
0: Mm. What were some of those experiences that were painful that were those kind of wake up calls for you?
1: Uh, When I married at 21 and had a baby at 22, I married intuitively and I don't regret that. And it was the right marriage for sure. And what I found was I was young enough in my experience of being human that I was projecting onto him in my relationship that he needed to be or do or say things for me to feel happy or safe or lovable or respected or valued or whatever. I was dependent upon my partner to be my source. So that wasn't using my connection to source. That wasn't being my intuitive best self and choosing for me what was healthy for me. I was asking a partner to be something. And once I did that, that was an example of what led to a painful experience, because that's not right. That's not, it's really not fair to the partner. And it destroyed relationship aspects, trust and, you know, open communication and the things that you would build a relationship that would last on. And so in that moment, it caused a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so spiritually, I had to grow on not projecting my need onto another human So I had to listen to my intuition and be self-sufficient and learn my own values and value and love myself. So the painful experience of a divorce catapulted me to a new growth level. So we can see in this example that I am sharing, those are the experiences on the human level that we bring to us to shape our intuitive knowledge and skill set to listen to. Because as soon as we have an experience out there that is painful and catches our attention, we go, damn it, I heard that. I felt that before and I didn't listen. You see, totally. now you're going to pay attention next time to that gut feeling. And so these are the experiences that I had to go through from 15 to 25 that helped to shape my listening strength to my own intuition. So then you go through another phase, right?
0: So it's almost like that, that old adage, that feather brick truck adage, right? Where it's like yeah. spirits trying to get your attention with the little yeah. tickle of the feather, a little mm-hmm. gentle whisper. And if you don't yeah. listen, then it's like, hits you across the head with a brick. <laughs> Right. And if you still don't listen, even though you're bloody, you get ran over by a truck. And maybe it's, you know, this is an illustration. Maybe it's yeah. a heart attack or a cancer or a divorce or a That's right. w- whatever. But ultimately, it, it's been my experience that spirit seems to always kind of like be probing you, trying, attempting mm-hmm. to get every single person um, to remember who they are. And I feel like it's pretty much my purpose on, on this planet is helping people return to who they are, which is a soul. And then from that place, being able to use their agency, their free will, to create whatever it is. So, what would how how could we articulate like what intuition is? Because I think a lot of people have misconceptions. They're like, Perfect. "Oh, you, you hear these voices," or, and that, that's and maybe some people do. You do. I, I I don't. I say I do, but I I don't. It's more like a feeling for me. You talked about listening to your gut. So let's see if we could bring this down to like explain yeah. it to a third grader where where okay. they get the concept.
1: Absolutely. I love what you just expressed because intuition is actually a byproduct. And intuition is an aspect of who you already are. So you're an energetic spiritual soul, okay? And you are housed in your body. Your soul has tools that it can use in this spacesuit. And those tools are first at the first physiological level, the dense matter level of being human in your spacesuit, the body. The first level are your five senses, and they're picking up data from the physical world only. And that data is going to the brain, the apparatus in your spacesuit that calculates that information to keep the body safe in time and space so you can stay in it. The next level of those same five senses is your intuitive level of those same five senses. That's what we call claircognizant, clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient, and clairgustivant. It's the same five senses, but they're using the information from the energetic level. So it's not in dense form yet, but the information still exists. It's just whether you're attuning your frequency to pick up on it. And every one of us has the ability to do that. So when we attune ourselves to pay attention, what you're doing is you're sending your conscious awareness there. So let me give you a different example that illustrates this. If I ask you to think of a memory like we did in the opening of the show, where we're talking about New York, it brought us pleasure. We laughed, we had fondness for each other and it cultivated a warmth in our hearts. We recalled an experience. We sent our conscious awareness there. Now we brought it to the present moment and shared it with our audience. So in that moment, our conscious awareness was now present again. Now we go to the future and we talk about a future moment we might share together and we're sending our conscious awareness there. We only exist where we send our consciousness. And this is an important aspect to intuition and the best use of that intuition. Because when you understand that you direct that, now you're in control. Now you can perceive the intuitive information because all you have to do is send your conscious awareness to that level of paying attention to the sensations that you feel in your gut or the, the voice that you hear on some level it might not be articulated as a sound wave heard through your ear but you heard it in your thought
0: yeah exactly or you got
1: goosebumps because something resonated when someone else said it mm. okay that is still an intuitive hit and that's data that your five senses are picking up on from the intuitive level so mm. intuition is just the byproduct it's the vehicle that we that we identify we could call it the the name of using the act of using your five senses at the level of energy perception.
0: Which requires one to be (coughs) completely like present in the moment, like here. Like I know when I, I've run my uprising event, you, you've been to uprising, you're uprising four, I believe. Two years
1: ago.
0: You're right. Uprising four, two years ago that's when like a lot of my stuff started coming online because there was a container for it where I, I mm-hmm. had to, I had to be present and, and mm-hmm. in my own meaning that I attached to it, when people enter the, the house, like I'm like, man, the fucking lives are on the line. The results are on the line. their marriages yeah. on the line. Like I have to be fucking present because if uh-huh. they don't, they die. Now nobody's going to yeah. die. Yeah. But for me, like that creates enough urgency for me to like stay present and that's how I can, I can mm-hmm. leverage. And so, like I can look at, I can look back. So even like when we were in New York and there was me being present and I was like, I'm feeling like, like, yeah, I guess it would be the knowing. I guess that would be the clear knowing. I don't know what that was.
1: It could be. So clear knowing is the clear cognizance.
0: Cognizant, yeah.
1: And that is when the brain knows something like it's a thought of yours and you just know that data, but you have nothing in your outer world that you have ever experienced that would give you that data. That's clear cognizance but clairsentience is also another level of knowing and clairsentience is the feeling of knowing it. So it's not a thought knowing, it's yep. a feeling knowing. So claircognizance and clair, um, sentience yep. are those two. Okay, go on.
0: So those are the ones that really came on, started coming online. I think they've been online for me forever, but I've been paying yeah. more and more attention. So they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. So how does somebody start transitioning to bringing those skill sets online. I mean, is it literally just become present and using meditation and breath work to just start paying attention to the senses? Like what are some cues that they can help strengthen it?
1: Mm -hmm. So this is a, uh, this is something that I see. I'm going to make a small distinction of that people oftentimes approach it from a, I need to learn something Mm. and I need to learn how to do this. And it becomes a, how, And it becomes then a process or a methodology that we then are seeking. And what I say to people in teaching them about their intuition or reminding them who they really are, is that you already are this, but you have story layers and limitations that you create from those stories that limit your ability to attune to it. So good. you're already this, okay? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything. In other words, I'm not more gifted than you are. Yes, I might be more skilled right now because I use it all the time and because I built that muscle, but you are equally as capable. Okay. That's the difference. But you might have stories that say, oh, but Cheryl, you're much more gifted at it. Now that puts a limit on your ability.
0: I had a different story. So this is a really good distinction that you're making. I remember I was sitting at a workshop in Dallas. It was a marketing workshop and there was a Uh person in front of me and he was asking the, the facilitator a question, something about social media marketing. And the, the person was like, oh, yeah, and was answering. He's like, no, 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 no. And he asked another question. He's like, oh, yeah. And he went to answer. He's like, no, no, no. And they were going back. And I could feel the tension in the room that this person has no understanding of what the real question. Mm-hmm. And I could I could feel what was really trying to be answered. And so there was a part of me that wanted to say, hey, what I feel you're trying to say is da-da-da-da-da-da. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And he would have been like, yes. And then the facilitator would be like, oh, yeah. And then they would have had value exchange and we would have moved on, right? But my judgment that I had at that time was like, fuck, if I say, hey, I feel this from you, they're going to think I'm weird. They're not going to accept me. They're going to be like, what the fuck? So I lied a bit. And I said, hey, what I think you're trying to say is da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then that that got it. But that was not the case. I didn't think that. I felt it, right? So I had Jeremy Eugene Wilson. I, I started coaching with him 2015. Um, he was in episode two and he was like, dude, you, you, you have an open emotional center. You fucking feel like I've, I've pulled your human design. So speak yeah. to it. don't like deny your gifts. So then I started acknowledging it and just choosing to, to, to lean into the story. Uh-huh. So I would just be like, Hey, what I feel you're trying to say is da, 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 And then there was results, 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 results. Yeah. And so that for me was one of my big obstacles, my, my meanings, my limiting beliefs between me leveraging some of my That's own right. intuitive gifts.
1: That is exactly right. That's a fantastic story of it. Because we do it all the time in ways that we don't even recognize we're doing it. In other words, let's, let's put this in an even better perspective of how we tell stories. It's not just about our intuition. It's not just about what we just sensed or felt that we are in a moment denying and saying, oh, no, it's not that, it's this. Okay, it's not just that. It's in our every day, every moment life. Okay, so I have a statement that I say people around me have heard me say thousands of times, and that is, I do not turn my intuition on and off for work or for a session or a consultation or a private party or an event or a class. I live intuitively every moment of my day because I consciously choose to pay attention that's all it is, paying attention with your energy. Okay, so I am watching myself. I'm observing myself having the experiences. It's a, it's a level of self-awareness that gives you the information on an intuitive level. If you're lost in it, if you're lost in the experience and you're emotionally reacting, then you're not able to respond from a conscious awareness space of watching yourself. So in a moment where you're heated and you're feeling angry and you identify, I am pissed. In that moment, you are the observer. You just recognize you're having an emotional experience. You need to be in that observation role to really benefit from the information that's available. You can't really use your intuition in in any other way. So what's important here to identify that I'm making a distinction around is that the feeling component is what you need to pay attention to in each moment. How you feel is information energetically, not what your brain is telling you. Your brain's going to have stories because you're formulating from a limited perception. And I'll give you an example. You and I, my living room has two different, three different doorways and my couch is floating in the middle of it. If I were in my room and you knocked at my front door, you would come through the door, but I would come through the room from a different doorway. We would both come into the same room but I would tell you one story about that couch because I could see it has cushions and enough to seat five and you would only see one side of the back and you might only see that it could seat two or three because you can't see the whole couch. Neither of us are more right than the other. We have a different limited perception of what we're looking at and how we're labeling and identifying and telling thus a story about it. And this is limited data that interferes with what you're feeling about what you're experiencing in that moment. So in that moment, you're consciously paying attention to what your brain is giving you data on. You're relying on the five senses in the physical reality that is limited because it can only perceive what's in this physical reality. Yep, makes sense to me. So you have to let go of any of those stories about what you're perceiving out there and you have to pay attention to what's going on on the inside, which is what you are going to now feel. So now when both of us walk into that same room, we're both going to identify that the energy in that room is clean and it's bright and it's sunny and it's welcoming. And we're both going to sit down on that couch and we're not going to be arguing over which side of the couch is what, or what it looks like. We're going to be enjoying an experience together in clean energy because we actually bypassed our labels of the experience and we got into the feeling of it. Makes and sense. this, this is what we can do right now with what's going on in our world, because we're all internalizing. And if we clean that up and we all pay attention to what we're feeling right now, we will do what is being asked of us that I'm describing by using our intuition.
0: How important do you think it is for someone to do shadow work to be able to have access to that clean energy in that space?
1: So shadow work is just those layers of stories. Mm -hmm. You get lost in the layers. Okay. So if you and I went in that living room where we built a tent We used 10 blankets and we made all these different layers of blankets. Those blankets dim out the light in the room. And we're now hiding inside that fort. And we can't see anything because it's pitch black in there. Somebody else comes in the room and starts pulling blankets off. And all of a sudden, the light starts to show in our room underneath all those blankets. We can now start to see what's going on around us. This is what happens when we let go of our stories and what we think we're looking at. If I got really rigid about looking at that couch from only one angle of the room, I could sit and argue with you for 10 years over that. Yep,
0: yep. exactly. See?
1: And that's totally. what humanity does. We get rigid on our perception.
0: Yeah. So this is why I'm 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 offering a perspective that I I think, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm open to being wrong, but I think shadow work is vital for somebody to build their intuition because it's 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 unloved. It's le- learning to love those unloved parts about yourself. So I can only speak for my own experience on this. I used to like totally reject anger, um, and mm-hmm. so my capacity to be in the room with you is limited if I'm rejecting anger. Yes, you see what I'm saying. Yes. So, Yes. So by me having, so like, let me give another illustration. It's like, we're a conduit. And let's say like, there's way more emotions than what I'm going to say, but this kind of makes up the gist of them. Mm -hmm. You have fear, you have sadness, you have anger, you have peace, uh, and you have um, sadness, right? Pretty much the five Mm -hmm. emotions. And there's variations of those, but pretty much those are five. It's almost like a rainbow, right? Could assign colors to those. And we're a a conduit, a vessel in which source, our soul is coming through us, light, universe, whatever Mm -hmm. we want to call that science cells biology if we want to go that that way to me they're all the same so that's coming through us if i'm limiting one of those colors let's call it anger well i'm constricting the flow so therefore my capacity for being in tune with my intuitive abilities mm-hmm. is limited is this making sense
1: absolutely now there's one aspect to that to remember in here because we are energetic beings and this entire universe is just energy then only that which is a harmonic resonance yep. with the energy you're holding can be a part of your experiences. Correct. So the bandwidth that you're resonating between 10 and 20 Hertz, let's say, you can only then attract those people, experiences and other things to you. So even in those limitations where you're only able to have certain bandwidth come into you because those five colors that you just described one of those bandwidths are limited so now your bandwidth is now down here around 12 not 18 to 20 right you're still going to be within a bandwidth in which you could achieve that you can still attract to you the circumstances and situations that grow you but you're certainly onto something here about what you can actually allow yourself to have. So intuitively, you're not gonna pick up stuff that's between the 20 and 30 Hertz. Correct. But you will pick up the information that's between 10 and 20, and it's gonna grow you and strengthen you if you allow it by dropping more and more and more of those limited stories, which are the restrictions of the shadow work. Correct. The shadow work is relevant.
0: Correct. So what I found is by doing shadow work, by developing my intuition, I'm able to experience more flow. And that doesn't mean I'm in flow all the okay. time. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm a human. I get I get to have the experience of contrast. But more and more times I am yeah. in this, the state of flow. And and what I mean by flow is it's like things come easier. Like Allowance. Just, exactly. Exactly.
1: Allowance. Now, this is important. AJ, you're onto something here. I'm going to interject one thought here. Allowance is what equals flow. Now, what is allowance? Allowance means we don't have preferences. In a moment that we are experiencing, we have no preferences that it should be different than it is. It's complete allowance that what is just is. In other words, we have no story about what we're looking at. You just walk in and experience it like a child does. It doesn't have a bunch of story. Those are the layers that clutter us, that lose us into the illusion. Yep. Okay. Okay. So you don't have that clutter, you're now fresh, you're receptive, that gives us the allowance of the flow that you're speaking of. This is life being lived through us.
0: Yep, yep. And I talked about this, I think in maybe it's episode one. I don't remember exactly. I talked about there's there's the stages of life, the four stages, <laughs> right? Life as me, life happens to me. Life happens by me, which a lot of people listening to this podcast yeah. are definitely in phase three. But then there's there's this other phase that I, I that probably only two percent of humanity um, yeah. get to, which is life happens through me, which is that flow state, which is that allowing state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like I dance between three and four. And then my intention is me like too. getting more and more into stage four, the majority <laughs> of time, rather than three, I'm probably like 80, 20. And I like to go uh, you know the other way. 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> me too. Me too. I mean, I think we're all practicing. You know, there are plenty of moments where I will catch a preference that I'm now voicing. Yep. Now, if I'm voicing it out loud, that means it's three layers deep. You see, I had a reaction first, then I had a thought about that. Then I voiced it. Now I'm really materializing resistance against something. Yep. Yes. I don't need to have a preference. So yes, I definitely go between three and four stage.
0: Now this thing of allowing that, I don't feel like a lot of people teach, especially in the new age spiritual community is the devotion to the game that it takes to allow one to allow, if that makes sense. So let's go like use yeah. a sports analogy. Like if somebody's in flow in basketball, let's say let's just say Michael Jordan being in flow Cause this is like, you could look it up on YouTube and find the interview. Right. And, and he's doing like free throws, free throws, free for all this basic shit. And somebody Mm -hmm. asked him like, why are you doing all this basic stuff? He said, well, I train my mind and my body. Essentially, this is my, my summary of to do the basic shit. So when I'm in the moment, I don't have to think I can just be creative and play and play. Right. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people when they think about flow, they're like, oh, I just go with the flow. They don't understand the work that's required to allow mm-hmm. somebody to be in the state of allowance. The meditation, the breath work, the movement work, and and also the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. Like I find myself and oftentimes, mm-hmm. especially uprising, but even just last night with my wife, like, being tuning in, breathing, moving my body, because we're having a really, really deep conversation around her Mm -hmm. her stuff that she had going on in this season of life for her. And so I'm like holding space and breathing. And I'm asking questions like, should I say this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or do I keep this to myself? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I learned this from Tony Robbins, which like the quality of the questions that we ask ultimately determine the quality of the answers that we receive. And pull this into scripture jesus talked about asking you shall receive knock and the door shall be open and i say all the time be really careful what you're asking for and you better be damn aware but what door you're knocking on because you may open that door up and not like what's on the other side of that door so yes how how important is it for like questions like the empowering questions to stay in mm-hmm. that pocket uh to allow and know when to push and know when to pull is, is that really help as well
1: So, part of what my gift in this world really is, is that I do flow very easily. Okay. Part of what I experience naturally as who I am, and a part of my life work that I gift into the world as my contribution is about flow. I organically flow very easily. Part of that is my Piscean tendency. Part of it is my connection to my intuition and my allowing it, my strength building of it over the years. So, to answer that, I have to give that premise first from which I'm coming from. It's hard for me to know what it's like to struggle against such an experience because I don't struggle. I flow very easily. Okay. Now does that mean I don't make mistakes? No, I I fight it. I have preferences. I, I give resistance at times. Okay. I get attached to certain outcomes. Yeah, for sure. But by and large, I'm more in that 80 90 percentile range where I feel like I'm flowing easily. I let things happen very easily for myself. Now, Going back to your question, it really becomes a matter of not, so I say that because I want to distinguish, people are always looking for a method. Totally. I really am a proponent for not looking for a method because that's still outside of you. I'm really saying to you guys, look inside at how something feels and let yourself feel better in each moment. And if that's the only thing you did, and this is the truest answer, the highest answer I could give you, AJ, to your question, is it is only important to be present. And it is only important to recognize, pay attention to what you're feeling, and then to respect and love yourself enough that you honor what you're feeling. And then you take an action outward Mm. into this world. And if that's the only thing people did, that would strengthen their intuition, that would clean up their lives, it would bring them to flow. It would give them present moment awareness. It would give them a sense of fulfillment. All the things they're seeking in that outer world are because they're seeking to feel something through those experiences and they could have it if they got present and paid attention as an observer of what they are experiencing, held accountability and responsibility for that, and then utilize their free will to make a choice from that state of being, they would be intuitive. And they wouldn't have to do a process. So shadow work automatically is done then. Because what you did is you let go of the false identities that you had of yourself and of the world around you. Now you are the magnificent, intuitive, energetic, awake, aware soul. Having the human experience.
0: What would you tell the person who lives in their head a lot? Uh, okay, I've met several, several people who they're like, I don't feel, I just think. So yeah. what would you tell that person?
1: I would say that that person is really identified with the um, humanity and the body experiences, the, the humanness, the and it takes all of us. So we're not making them wrong for that. It, what we are saying right now in our day and age is that we are more than a body and a human that has a lifespan that dies and goes somewhere someday. Okay, we're more than that now, and we have an awareness that we're more than that. So, what we're really saying is, there's it, it takes all of us. Some of us have to be lost in that illusion, and some of us need to be awake and aware because this world and the human experience is one of duality and contrast. If you don't know that you seek joy, you wouldn't seek out AJ Amex's services to do shadow work. You see, you have to have both sides. You can't know where you are in anything if you don't have both sides. So contrast is valuable. So those people who are lost in the illusion can still remain lost in the illusion and they're not wrong for it. Those people still trying to try it on for size and learn that it's an option or a possibility are great. We need some to still be lost in it and never remember because there are going to be some on the, on the planet who are high level mystics who bring sure. the contrast to sure. the planet. hmm
0: so I want to I want to push uh, on this a bit because I know there's definitely somebody listening to this right now. Yeah. And, and, and they want
1: it practical.
0: They want it practical and they're definitely, yeah. they're super heady and they're in their head and they truly believe that they don't yeah. feel and they can't tap in, but they want to, they genuinely want to, right? So they don't want to buy into the illusion. They want to, but right. they're in their own mind. They're so attached to their head. I know what I would tell them. I would be like, look, If being in your head's fucking serving you, meaning it's empowering you to create what you want, then fucking don't listen to this and keep being in your fucking head. But if it's not empowering you to create what you want, then get out of your fucking head by like being in your body through breath work probably is my practical answer to them to get out of their head and get into their body and then to start paying attention at a sensation level. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And start training yourself to be in your body. And from that place it just always seems to work. You're, you're kind of guided. No, I don't know why.
1: Okay. Here's why because, and that's a fantastic answer, AJ. What I would do in a practical form, direct two single sentence answer here. I would give their brain something else to do that was productive and turned them toward the intuitive, the feeling because here's what's happening that brain is seeking something and they're using their 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 soul actually is wanting something but they're only willing to do it through a space called the brain and thinking they're not comfortable with feeling so there's a disconnect for them Correct. so what's happening is they have story around why it's not safe to feel that's where your work comes in as the shadow side
0: because well, and, you're
1: willing to do that work with them right well, and, to feel and, and, that
0: in their own defensiveness, usually the culture and the environment in which they grew up in, for the exactly. people you can't feel, they they had to to fucking survive. And exactly. So, and they made these decisions that were very smart, very intelligent decisions mm-hmm. that served them at a certain point in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And now they're at this place where they're like entering a new season, a new chapter, so mm-hmm. to speak. And it's just time to to let that go uh, and, so, and push through the fear.
1: That is where you give their brain the juicy nuggets to stay busy. In other words, you and I can see that pattern, but they can't see that pattern. And that's why their behavioral choices are occurring the way they are. And it's leading to the results they don't like, which is then why they seek out coaching. Yep, They want a different result. So now what we saw was that they have this pattern going on and it's gripping them and we have to give them something else. So identifying that their brain is really wanting to feel safe and they're just only safe if they can think through it and they really want to feel safe. Then we have to give their brain something to do to get them to feel safe. So I would identify to them right away, look, there's some disassociation with safety in feeling. So let's go back to your childhood. Let's look at the dynamics that happened, and that is shadow work because you're illuminating light into where there was darkness or unawareness. Yep. So just by bringing an awareness to something, you are doing the shadow work. Yep. You're shining light on it.
0: Awesome. We've talked about how somebody can recognize their intuition a, a little bit. So I want to I want to like pull yeah. on that a bit. So how can somebody recognize when their intuition speaks? We talked about the goosebumps. We talked about. Well, you haven't said this, but this is kind of what listening to your gut is. Usually those people feel a, or they hear or feel a uh uh-huh or uh uh-uh, like a uh Mm uh-huh? Or they feel Mm -hmm. a uh uh-uh. It's like it's deep within their gut, Mm -hmm. usually like kind of around their pelvic area, I guess. Yeah. Somewhere around there. What are some other ways that intuition speaks to somebody?
1: So you can feel it on any of the different five sensory levels. So we spoke about the five senses that we use in the physical body. But you have those same five senses and they are the clairs as we spoke of. So you described like in the goosebumps, that is literally a clairsentient feeling, right? You feel it in your physiological to touch. Okay. But feeling clairsentiently is also feeling it in your gut as a knot in your stomach. That's anxiety. Okay. That's giving you a response that something you just experienced or thought about isn't a good fit. But if you get a pleasurable response, you're sentiently feeling a response that your higher self is telling you through your feeling gut center. And that's why honoring with, when something feels good, you proceed. If something doesn't feel good, you don't proceed. You stop and you reevaluate. And, so, and then you take a new course of action that makes it feel better. Mm-hmm. So that's a conscious decision that you can make by trusting the feeling component. But if you don't stop long enough to notice what you're feeling, Because you're stuck in your head and you're only looking out here and evaluating based on the head, then you're limited in the five senses of the physical body. You can't use the five senses that we call Claire's. You have to decide in a moment where you're going to send your attention. And that's why I elaborated about that, because that's the root of everything that you experience intuitively. You have to consciously decide to be present and pay attention to the data that's available.
0: So do you feel like this is gonna be a selfless question for me, but maybe it serves somebody. Like when I'm at Uprising or even just in life, and I'm asked myself questions. And in the questions, there's a feeling that comes through me that tells me what to do. Is that clairsentience or is it something different?
1: That is both clairsentience and claircognizance because you're you've got a knowing that you can identify in your brain. That's the claircognizance. Okay. When the brain has part of the knowing. Because you thought about it. You brought it into claircognizant form. So think of this, think of your five senses as channels. Right. Okay. Because your five senses in the physical world channel data to you. They're they're receptors, points of receptive, um, receptive points that gather data. Think of it that way. So now your clairs are the same way. They're receptive points that are gathering data. So your clairsentience, the feeling in your gut has gathered some kind of data. Now you take that data to the brain and now you're clear cognizantly aware of something that you didn't have any other physical experience of to know. Mm. That so, is clear cognizance and clairsentience.
0: So does does it usually let's say it's not, somebody's not clairsentient. Let's say somebody's clear I don't know, the the Every time I hear this word, I think of the villain from Beauty and the Beast, Gaston. That's totally—I see the image in my head. <laughs> Claire <That's> Gaston. <laughs> so
1: it's, it's your sense of smell,
0: right? So, would somebody who's using that—they're having a smell come in—would they then push it into their clear cognizant to then know when to push and pull or when to do Sometimes, something? Sometimes to do something.
1: It, it's going to depend on where we're strong. Okay. So we all individually receive this information. So it's kind of like fish gills, you know, fish bring water through their gills and those gills kind of open and close. They, they, they breathe. Okay. We as energy beings living inside of a body are essentially in our auric field, expanding and contracting the auric field all the time by our thoughts and our emotions. So our auric field is kind of like that breathing gill system on fish. And so what happens is you're receiving data through that and you're filtering it. You're filtering it through those different senses, the clairs or the five senses of the physical world. Now, how much you filter through could be at different levels, which is when you start using your intuition and your physical senses. But those that are lost in the illusion of the physical experience of being human are only really going to use their five senses and the physical world and reality are so real to them, they cannot perceive. The Claire's information, but that information is available, and just like the fishgill example, that information is coming to us if we allow our receptors to perceive it. That's what you're doing through Claire events, Claire Audience, Claire Sentience, Claire Cognizance, and, and, and etc. Okay, um, Claire Audience, Clairvoyance—that's the other one. So you're getting the data through these channels. Your channel of Claire events might not ever work. Mine is very poor. (laughs) My connection to cargustabins, the only one I ever smell, I'll tell you the only times I smell information. When I walk into a hospital or a home where somebody is terminally ill, Mm. I smell death and Mm. I know when a soul is going to transition. I can smell it. I can smell it a year in advance. I can smell it days in advance. And I know immediately that I'm there for that. I'm there to assist. Okay. That Claire Gustavant moment gave me that data for me to know what I am to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am to be love and to assist and to be there with these families to help in mediumship or to help the transition of that soul that is about to transition because they have stuff to finish. In that moment, my Claire Gustavants picked up on death. And now that's data that I can perceive and, and utilize. Now in the hospitals, I pick it up too. The only other time I pick up Claire is when my grandmother is around and she's on the other side and I smell Jergens almond lotion. Mm. And then I know she's present with me. So in moments I hear other people when I do mediumship, they'll say, Cheryl, why is it that I know my grandfather's around because I smell cigarette smoke and he was a heavy smoker? Okay. In that moment, they have picked up on something but they didn't. That was intuition.
0: Yep. That makes sense.
1: And so the Claire's are going to be different for all of us. I am more strong in my, or my uh, clairaudience, my claircognizance, and my clairvoyance. I see imagery, I know information, and I hear audibly. My and my clairsentience are there. My clairsentience feels overall I am empathic. That's what empath is. Being an empath is your are clairsentient. You're feeling the vibes in a room. Yep. You're feeling the tension between you and your partner when you're arguing. You're clairsentient in that moment. You have the intuitive connection. But you might not realize that's what's happening. You're still collecting that data on a, another sensory level.
0: Now, for you developing your own intuition, you know you all have it. So let's just use mm-hmm. the the smelling death thing. Was that because at some age, and you can share if if there yeah. was that you had you, you like you totally unaware, like you walk into a room, you're like, man, what the fuck this smell? And then right? a, a person dies. You're and then that is like how you've mentally An connected. Association. Yeah. Exactly.
1: No, actually. That is a very good question. It's not actually that, although in some cases that can happen because that's our personal message then or indicator or sign. Like some people like to see pennies when past loved ones go, we ask to see pennies. Other people might ask for feathers. So in that case, Feathers and pennies both symbolize the same thing, but one person might be asking for the experience to be one way and the other resonates with a different way. So in that case, that can be the, you know, the Claire Gustavus, the question that you asked me was, is that the way I was going to associate right. death? No, for me, it wasn't that. It was more about, I was picking up on a harmonic resonation. There was a frequency code that I was associ- or that I was uh, sensing through my Claire Gustavant ability, because my Claire Gustavant operates at a certain frequency, right? That's what makes it Claire Goose events versus Claire audience. Claire audience works at a different frequency. That's what makes them different. They're both different frequencies. So the frequency that I was harmonizing with was giving me data available through the Claire Gustavant. Now, this is because that was part of my soul purpose work on this planet. So my soul wanting to be my best version of myself every day, my soul the human part of me, Cheryl, Andrea, is allowing the soul to lead her more. That's part of flow, right? So I'm listening to my internal soul. So it's bringing to me these experiences to keep me on my soul path. Now I walk into a hospital room at 15 and I smell death for the first time. That's my next step for my soul path because in my adult life, I'm now going to help people with mediumship and with death and the transition. And I needed to know that Clairgoose defense is available. So you can see, there's a divinity to the whole process.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So what I would tell somebody, you know, listening to this, like a big part of this is just staying open, like that's
1: getting right. out of your
0: head, not attaching meaning to fucking nothing. Anything. Just, yeah, just being open and 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 play. See see yeah. where it, see where it takes you. Um, I know for me, uh, it, it has been a lot of building with associations. Like me, number one, being like staying open. Uh, that's just that's just me. I mean, you you've known me for long enough. I'm just fucking yeah. open. Uh, I just yes. I don't really, I do judge things. I, I can't say I don't. I do, but for the most part, I'm just fucking open. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll see we'll see what happens. Like, yeah. we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. It'll be fun. <laughs> like it's okay. Yeah. So, I would just say stay stay open and then just start paying attention and being present. Being present, stay open yeah. and just and just play and see where it where it takes you because there is a divine guidance. It's, it's hard to explain, um, but it just seems to always fucking work out. The universe makes no mistakes.
1: Staying open, AJ, is simply about not putting up resistance. Right. We already are magnificent, aware, energetic souls that come from one source. Yeah. And we're having the human experience when we forget who we really are. And so it's about not having any kind of idea about what you're about to experience. It's being open to the idea that there's all possibility available and you're just curious. I call it curiosity more than I call it anything. Because if I open to the moment and say, I have no idea what might happen in this moment and I'm super excited about it. Oh my God, what might happen today? I have no idea. Yeah. Then I am open because I don't have these have tos.
0: Sure. And, and I think there's a tension because, again, we could go the, the far side of the new age spiritual world to say, stay open, no attachments, don't do that. Yeah, Th- yeah. Then we would have the very like linear, logical business world who's like, no, set goals, 90-day plans, your daily rocks, d- 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 very linear thinking. And I, I'm like, it, it's both. Like, let's, let's use some linear thinking and set some intentions, but also stay in the pocket to know when to push and know when to pull. You know what that is? I have no idea what it is.
1: You, the bridging that you're just describing, the way extreme, I'm just going to sit here and let life be whatever it is and I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to be. Sure. All the way to the other extreme of the corporate, business, analytical, mental reality, lost in the illusion of this is how we have to do things and there's a protocol to everything. What you're talking about that bridges it is your intuition. Yeah. And you know why? Because you always have free will. Mm-hmm. Every second you are choosing what you are being, not what you're doing, not what actions you take. You're choosing your state of being, whether you're conscious of that or not, right. is the choice. Yep. That's doing the shadow work. That's showing up in the moment without preferences. That's the curiosity. That's the childlikeness. And that is your intuition at its finest moment because the intuitive part of us is actually the soul in its fullest glory. Yep. it's just, operating in its expression from its most organic point, And we call that intuition.
0: Yeah. I call it the soul in control. Ah,
1: I love that. <laughs> cool. You need, a, you need to trademark that. The soul in control.
0: I mean, I That's believe really? every, every human is a soul in control. And if somebody can remember that and then take their action from that place, like anything is fucking possible. I mean, legitimately any okay potential is possible
1: but that's not going to happen if we are disregarding
0: yeah of course not the of course intuitive
1: not reaction that your soul is giving you all the time
0: exactly and it, it it does mean that one has to admit the truth that there's many paths up the mountain my yeah. path isn't better than your path your path isn't but they're all paths so the truth is like if your path is serving you fantastic stay on your path but if your path isn't serving you just pick a different fucking path like yeah. That means we have to we have to get out of our attachments. We have to get out of our meanings and like stay in the pocket. I don't know. Like there was something about when I was training with Guy Mesger. I think I had Guy Mesger, former UFC world champion, light heavyweight champion of the world, I think episode five or something of that nature. So I started training boxing with Guy and I, I realized, like, man, a really good fighter, which I'm not, by the way, but a really good fighter stands in the pocket. Like they're very comfortable uh-huh. there. But they also have done the work to have skill sets and mindsets. And they're still tuned in at a very feeling level of how to react and where to move and where, where their feet go. And there's lots of mechanics. And there was this dual tension between pure being and being in that moment, the present moment, the pocket, so to speak. You're not too far. You're not too close. You're like, you're comfortable in that pocket, but you're still also like using mechanics to throw punches and movement and all of that. And it's it's a dance. And that that to me is... Is really where power is found in this game of life both in relationships both in the game of business and that's where like we can really channel like leadership pure fucking raw leadership we're not modeling we're we're like using some of that but we're also doing the totality of us allowing that source to flow through us and have that unique expression in the
1: pocket that was beautiful aj because that is that that you just described the power that you have in that pocket. That pocket is another term for being in this moment as the observer, not right. lost in the moment. Right. You are the observer of the moment. Now, you know, you have choice and you see in that pocket as the fighter, he now knows he has choice to duck right. or to lean right or go forward with power and force. Yeah, or, to, to
0: or, do, to, or to or just or to throw in the towel and say, you got me, dude. I'm not taking right. any more punches to the head. That would be fucking insane.
1: <laughs> right, right. Because he's in the pocket. And in right. the pocket, he is present. And in the present moment, he is the observer. And as the observer, he knows his choice. And that is the power. That's what intuition allows us. Yeah. The so same thing.
0: I know you consult in the game of business. You definitely consult in the game of life. So what have you seen is some of the impact when somebody is willing to develop their skill sets, mindsets, their body sets in in that pocket, so to speak? Mm -hmm. Like what are the results that they have in life and what are the results that they have in business?
1: First of all, they feel a sense of, okay, oh my God, I'm in control. Yeah, Like that's the first thing they realize is, oh wow, I really do have control over my life. That's a realization that empowers them to do anything, okay? That realization sets everything on fire. Now their whole life changes. So the results actually are first that level of self-awareness that they have choice and rights and and an empowered state that they can operate from. That frees them. That gives them a sense of freedom a sense of empowerment, a sense of control. Now, now they start feeling joy and they feel lighter and then they start observing the experiences that they're having are so different than they've ever had before that it lights them up. It makes them on fire to live. Now they're not depressed. Now they're not feeling the limitations. Now they're noticing their relationships are enhanced. Now they know that, notice that their prosperity and abundance just shifted. They just got a raise. They're yeah. so joyous and they just knocked it out of the fucking ballpark because they showed up as their best version of self and they got a bonus for it. You see, every aspect of our life changes. Yes. But what comes with that are the challenges that can be like hiccups or what I call wrinkles. Your life is changing because of those different states of your now aware beingness. And when that happens, relationships change, people fall away, situations flare up, you will be challenged, you will be pushed and you will be pushed hard because you are changing what you are offering into the world. And when you do that, your whole outer world does change. And that's the only way it changes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I, I said this on this podcast, because you just talked about resistance, like resistance is what makes the game worth playing. There's, there's a story yes. that Jonathan shared at Uprising 6. Uh, I had never heard of it before, but there was a scientific study of trees, you know, like trees grow in the world, right? And so they grew trees in a vacuum and um, they would only grow so tall and then they would they would fall over. They'd grow so tall and they'd fall over and they couldn't figure out like, why the fuck are these trees growing like in this perfect homostasis environment? But then they grow so tall and they fall over. And the answer that these scientists found was there was no resistance, so the trees had not developed enough strength to be able to sustain the growth of a tree. And humans were the same way. Like we have to have resistance to be able to withstand the storms. But also, you can't have the human experience without the fucking contrast. You can't have That's a right. human experience without the fucking resistance. And if yeah. there was no resistance, we would still just be pure fucking consciousness. So right. part, of, part of the container of being a human is there's some resistance. So rather than the resist resistance just smile at it and just figure out what do you want? Where are you going? I think even in this time that we're in right now, like it's in this whole Corona thing and the COVID thing, uh, I'm experiencing, I think my wife's going to lose one of her jobs. And I couldn't fathom not having the state of power that I do today because I've I've been willing to do the work. You've been a big help in that personally. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared. Like I know everything is perfect. I know like at a fucking core level that the world always has my back and works in my favor. It's just going to look a little different and I'm okay to that. But I also know that I'm not just sitting here and meditating and God save me consciousness. No, like there's going to be input coming into me that says go do the thing and then it may be a scary thing but I have to trust and respect myself Mm -hmm. enough to go do the thing and on the other side of that is growth is expansion Mm -hmm. is the goodness Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and I I think in this whole world that we're living in right now it's not just America it's across the United States I think this whole COVID thing maybe I'm wrong I think it'll be done by the end of April not completely but definitely on the tail end But the economic impacts are going to be huge. Like I just listened to yeah. an interview from the CEO of, of Wyndham, huge, ginormous uh, company. And he's like, dude, this, this impact, this was a, a video that went out to the internal team. He's like, the economic impact of this was greater than 9-11 and the great recession for their business right now combined. Like greater than those two huge things that just happened in the past 20 something tw- oh, well, yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, 20 something years. Yeah, Combined. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see what these economic impact of this whole thing is going to be across the world. But the whole point of what I'm trying to say is that if somebody will take you up on what you you offer, understanding how to develop their intuition, standing in the pocket and understanding that the world does have their back and finding that balance between knowing when to push Mm -hmm. and knowing when to pull and knowing what to do and how to be. And it's the combination of those two things like life becomes fucking awesome. (laughs) <laughs> it, really, it really does, and it's not so damn scary, and it's not so like yeah. painful. I, I guess it's, it's a lot well, more. Well, see, peaceful. that's just
1: it. The pain, the pain is born from our resistance to what is. Okay, right. now why are we resisting what is? If you think about it, if you really think about the rudimentary level, at the rudimentary level, we're three point four billion years down the road in time. Okay. Right. It took all of the experiences across all of humanity and all the lifetimes in those 3.4 billion years to get to this very moment. Do you really think that you're going to change it? Do you really think that AJ is going to change it because he wants it to be different than what he is perceiving it to be? I,
0: there is something I've studied from Warner Earhart, which was life is empty and meaningless because it's emptying meaningless because it's emptying meaningless. And this is like a huge mind fuck. And I, people probably aren't gonna get it what i'm i'm trying to say right now but you're right there it's like the paradox on one hand can i impact humanity yes and at the other hand if i die will it ever matter not really the world's gonna continue being being the world and that is the fucking paradox and you can argue that it's not that it's it and you can like argue like you're just wasting your fucking time because the truth is is it it, the world is empty and meaningless because it's infamous because it's infamous. And also there's a vast amount of meaning to me being me and having my unique expression yes. on the earth at the and, same time. <laughs> and
1: that's the macro and the micro right. the world of duality. That's the yin and the yang. That's the good and the bad. That's the God and the devil. That's love and fear. Okay. Exactly. It's duality. But what's important about that, AJ, is that it's from that premise right there that your worldview is created. Right. Okay. And if you bring your presence to it, then you can, you can look at this moment with no resistance, but it doesn't mean that you're not building strength. What you're building is a relationship of ease and of flow from the center of your origin the truth of who you are. Then when you have any resistance to what is, you get to look at self and say, why am I in resistance to what is? And then you do your work and then you have a more fulfilling experience and you just keep growing. And this is why we have the world of contrast. So it's not wrong that we are resistant. We want resistance because it builds us, like you're saying, it builds the empowered state of awareness. That's the point. Your resistance to what is, is an opportunity for you to identify what your relationship to the world is and who are you being in it? What are you contributing to that moment? And that's your right. That's your choice. And that defines what you're going to create as your world reality. And so if you're coming into the world thinking that it's all happening to you and you're pushing against it from that perspective, you're going to be in pain and you're going to suffer a lot. But that pain exists to bring your attention to it so that there's another choice you can make. Suffering is not making that damn choice. Yeah. Suffering says, I don't care if I'm still in pain. It's serving me still. And I'm going to sit here and wallow in it. And I'm going to be the victim because by damn, it's happening to me. And I don't like it. And it should change. And this is a lot of resistance that leads most people to their unhappiness.
0: Yeah. And there's another version of that where people are in phase three, where life happens by me and they're like, damn it, I'm in fucking control. I'm going to fucking force fucking results. The world can't come against me. Watch me, motherfucker. And they like try to plow and they get kicked in the face too. And so in all of these stages of life, there's that, that duality where we get to find a place of power rather than force.
1: And the answer is always coming back to our core awareness of being the observer. When you know that you've just chosen that power by force action, your state of being inside is going to tell you that doesn't work as well. Your feeling is going to say, wow, that's a lot of tension I've got in here. Wow, this is a lot of indication that this isn't the method, but I am bulldozing my way through anyway. You see, in that moment, you're already getting indicators, but you're ignoring them.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: You're always getting some kind of feedback, but are you present enough to know what the feedback is and to deliberately consciously choose what your state of being is going to be in response? Okay. That is the empowered being. Awesome. That's what you just described yourself as. So, you just know you have that choice.
0: Wrapping up here, is there any... Anything coming through you that you want to share with somebody listening to this show when it comes into developing their intuition to finding that balance between being and doing and know that they are the soul in control? Is there anything that you feel led to share with them?
1: Yeah, I would just like to say this, and I'll I'll keep this brief, but it feels like a divine message to give to our audience and those who find um, themselves listening. We would say to them that we love them, that they are love. And that they need to remember the scope of what love actually is. And that from that remembrance of self, that if they will be still enough and face the quiet and the chatter, because both exist within themselves, they will receive the intuitive guidance that their soul is wanting to give them that their true source is their connection to God, the universe, spirit, whatever name they resonate with. Their true source is that connection. It's not found in the outer world. And that by being that love, that they themselves can find their truth and live it. So I remind them by saying, I love them. I want them to remember who they are, that they are naturally and organically intuitive, that they don't have to do anything to be who they really are.
0: Awesome. And I know if people want to connect with you, they just go to Cheryl Andrea, that's C-H-E-R-Y-L Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A, and I'll put that into the show notes and on the webpage and all that. Um, Cheryl, I know you do personal consultations, you do business consultations. Uh, To this day, I reach out to you every now and then, and I pay you for your time because I find a lot of value in it personally. Um, Thank you. Is there anything else that I haven't mentioned that they they can find there that will serve so, them?
1: So no, I um, thank you, AJ, very much for mentioning all of this. Um, yes, I work with people in lots of different ways. There isn't a way that I would say is um, more important than another. So if someone feels like anything we spoke of today really resonates with them and they feel inclined to explore how we can work together, I really like working with the one-on-one individuals. So or in groups. And those are my two favorite ways. So if a family is struggling with things, working with each of the family members on an individualized basis, but a group basis also is very collaborative for spiritual growth and healing across multiple generations. I work with people in death process, um, grieving process, mediumship, work with people in private coaching, both in business and personal lives. And so there's lots of ways we can play and we can tailor it to what their individual journey is.
0: Awesome. Perfect. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for being here. I could sit here and talk to you all day. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, AJ, thank you. And again, I love each and every one of you. May each and every one of you have a blessed life. Thank you.
0: Well, there you have it, my friend, Cheryl Andrea. What an amazing human being. I just, like, man, have so much, like, respect and honor and just admiration for Cheryl and getting to know her over the past 11 years. It's been such a gift, and I just thoroughly enjoyed our conversation together today. I really feel like we got into some subjects that if you take the time to fully understand and really embody, like, at a deep core level, they're absolutely life-changing. Now, before I wrap this up, I want to give Meggie Lee Calvin a shout-out for taking the time to leave this like show, a review on iTunes. She said, For anyone who is ready to make her side hustle, her main hustle, for anyone who is ready to own his power as the entrepreneur that he was born to be, for anyone who is hungry for the encouragement and guidance of an uber-competent and spiritual business coach, this stellar podcast is for you. So, Meg, if you're listening, thank you so much for your kind words and your encouragement. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave this podcast or review on iTunes because it really helps get this message into more people's earholes. So, man, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And for those of you who do not know Meg, she's a best-selling author, and you can go check her out at MeggieLeCalvin.com. Maybe go buy a book or two from her. Um, and if you haven't popped on over to iTunes to leave this podcast or rating and review, like, what are you waiting for? Like, please... Make that happen today because it really helps this show reach more people. And plus, every single week, I'm giving you two episodes for free. So what if we call it even? Like you go and leave me a rating review on iTunes and I just keep on delivering the value here. I think that's a pretty nice win-win and some solid value exchange, don't you? I don't really ask for a lot of help, yet I am asking you today. If you haven't left this podcast a rating and review please do so. Simply go to ajamexcom slash iTunes. That takes you right over to iTunes immediately. And uh, you can totally leave that rating, review, make that happen. And when you do, as you can see, I love to give shout outs. So thank you so much for being here today. That's going to do it for this episode of the Anthony John Amix Podcast. Until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amex Podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to ajamex.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amix Podcast.
1: Bye for now.